This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The 2021 college football season is upon us, and here at Saturday to Sunday, I've been grinding film for the better part of the last month, writing 82 detailed scouting reports up. I have three left, the initial launch of the scouting notebook, which will come out within the next week or two, will have 85 detailed write-ups. I have three wide receivers left because I haven't been able to finish the wide receivers and I need just another day or so to finish up that. The previous two episodes, we did quarterbacks, we did running backs. Tonight, we're going to turn to the pass catchers, but we're actually going to start with the tight ends and then we're going to round out this four-part series, taking a look at the 2022 draft-eligible prospects, share my rankings, my initial rankings, Subject to change very much between now and the 2022 NFL Draft. An overview of the position and my scouting reports on all the players that I watched. So let's get right into it and talk about the class as a whole a little bit. This tight end class is very different than what we just came off of, right? We just came off a tight end class that had a transcendent talent in Kyle Pitts. A guy who went fourth overall. A guy who gets calm to potentially a Calvin Johnson type receiving talent. We don't have that in next year's draft class, but we do got some really, really intriguing players. I think there's two guys that could potentially go round one, but they both, but they might also both fall to day two. We got a guy who's got a lot of upside to be determined this year. We got a couple guys who we kind of know what we got in them. Very solid. So I think it's an interesting class. I don't think it's as good as some we've had. It's not as good as the Evan Ingram, you know, David Njoku, OJ Howard year. It's not as good as having Kyle Pitts and then following it up with Pat Fryer moved, right? We have guys that I like more in this draft class than Pat Fryer moved, but Pat Fryer moved was second after Kyle Pitts. So I think it's got some potential. I think there's a lot of upside. I think the way the consensus might feel about this class right now in August of 2021 could be very different than the way we feel about it in April of 2022. So, again, similar to how we've done the previous two ranking shows, I'll go through, kind of share my tiers, my rankings, share my scouting reports, give you a watch list of names at the end of the show, of additional names you should be on the lookout for. So let's get right into it. My tier one has two names in it. It's Jalen Weidemeyer out of Texas A&M, and it's Jaheel Billingsley out of Alabama. Those are the two guys that I was talking about before who I think could be round one prospects. And I think it's a very strong likelihood that Billingsley leapfrogs Weidermeyer by next April. Based on that athletic profile, the pass catching ability, the upside, it's possible. But he's very raw, not a ton of production in college yet, so it was impossible to make that leap 
from now. My scouting reports are predominantly based on my own film analysis with some projection in terms of how I project to the next level, right? It's not only film, it's film with a projection of how that skill sets and those traits translate to the next level. So I think Billingsley, by the time April rolls around next year, could be my tight end one. He could be tight end one for many teams in the NFL as well. But right now, Weidemeyer deserves that designation all the way out here in August. So let's go into, let's talk about Jalen Weidemeyer first. Out of Texas A&M, he is the prototype of what you would like your tight end prospects to look like in terms of the complete package. Junior out of Texas A&M, he's 6'5", 265. So he's not a small guy who's just a pass catcher. He's not a guy who doesn't have athleticism and is just lumbering. That's not Weidemeyer. Last year, 46 catches, 506 yards, and six touchdowns. When you're talking about how he wins, great size and frame, good athleticism and movement skills for a man 6'5", 265, very good hands and body control, shows the ability to adjust and extend for passes outside of his frame. He's a good route runner who uses his frame to create space at the catch point to win contested catches. He's got very good play strength and physicality. He's a good blocker with the ability to hold the point of attack in line. He's the best dual tight end in the class by far. The ability to be a blocker and receiver, play all three downs, line up in line, line up detached. I would say his speed and his route tree, I would say... They're about functional. They're about average. I'd like to see him expand his route tree a little bit this year. And I don't think he's ever going to be a burner, but I think his speed is average enough because I think he's got decent movement skills. And that allows him to be a weapon in the passing game. In terms of developmental areas, he lacks explosiveness. He's not one of those explosive tight ends like Kyle Pitts. He's got to refine his blocking techniques. He's not much of a yak ability guy. So I I think his long speed is questionable, but I think that's okay. Not every guy has to have this elite long speed to be a top tight end. To me, he's a more athletic, better version of Dwayne Allen, who once upon a time was a first-round pick. I think he's a better pass catcher than Dwayne Allen was. But the body frame... The toughness, the play strength, the physicality, the blocking ability reminds me of him, but he's a much more advanced pass catcher, better athleticism. He's a starting tight end right off the bat, detached in line, round one, round two, very intriguing player, okay? Very intriguing player uh, and a guy who I think NFL teams are really going to be sold on similar to how a lot of teams really liked Cole Komet two years ago. And he was the top tight end. I think Weidemeyer very much could be in that mindset of a guy who play all three downs, line up in line, detached, but he's got enough athleticism and good pass catching ability to be a weapon in that. And that's going to intrigue teams for sure. So it'd be interesting to kind of see, you know, how he does this year and what the NFL thinks of him. Uh, but I'm a fan of his game right now for sure. Next up, I talked about Jalel Billingsley before. 
So let's talk a little bit about him. Again, like I mentioned before, very, very minimal production. But he's from Alabama. Junior, 6'4", only 230 pounds. Last year, he only caught 18 catches for 287 yards and three touchdowns. But when you watch him play, and I think we're going to see it a lot this year, with Jalen Waddle gone, with Devonta Smith gone, yeah, John Mechie's going to step up to be the number one wide receiver. I think we're going to see Billingsley be a big weapon in the passing game this year. Have an impact similar to when Irv Smith was there. They're going to use him a lot. And when you watch Jill, Jill Hill Billingsley play, he's only got average size, needs to add more to that frame. But I think we're talking about a guy who's got very good to great athleticism and movement skills. Shows great quickness, great long speed, and the ability to pick up chunk yards after the catch. This is a guy who can attack the seam, can get vertical. I think he's got good hands. I think he's got very good length, even though he's only got average size. So he's got the ability to high point and adjust for the ball. You can line him up, a lot of versatility. You want to line him up in the slot? He can be the slot. You want to make him a move tight end, put him in motion? He can do that. Or you want to line him up outside as a wide receiver. Know what he is and what he's not. Right now, he's not holding the point of attack. He's not playing in line. I don't even know if he can hold up as a detached. He shows functional average willingness and effort as a blocker. He shows average play strength. But even though he shows good effort as a blocker, he struggles there. Struggles holding the point of attack. Limited production. Power is a concern. He's got to expand that route tree, and he's got to refine his route running for sure. But there is a lot to like about his game. We're talking about a player with major, major upside. I think he's a starting tight end in exclusively a pass-catching role lined up in motion, the slot, or outside. I'm intrigued by his game. I think he's a round one, round two guy, but I think he's got the upside to potentially leapfrog Weidemeyer. I do believe that. So he's going to be a guy I'm really intrigued by. My next tier. Got a couple guys in it. Charlie Kolar out of Iowa State. Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. And Austin Stogner out of Oklahoma. That's probably my next tier. I think these are guys that have the potential to be day two prospects. I'm not sure I feel any of them as round two guys. I think if they go on day two, they're going to be more round three. So let's start with Kolar, who most people thought was going to come out last draft class. What does Charlie Kolar bring to the table? Well, he's a redshirt senior from Iowa State, 6'6", 257. So things right off the bat, great size and frame. Very good play strength, toughness, and physicality. You see that in every facet of the game when you watch him play. You see him use that size and frame and strength and toughness and physicality to create space during his routes and at the catch point. Just enough. I'm not talking about a guy who's got great separation quickness. But he knows how to use his body, use his play strength, use his toughness and physicality. He's a red zone weapon. He caught seven touchdowns last year for almost 600 yards. His time at Iowa State, he's consistently been a red zone weapon. Shows great length and a catch radius 
with good body control, ball skills, and the ability to adjust at high point the football to win contested catches. He's only got average athleticism, movement skills, and route running, but that's okay. Average willingness and effort as a blocker. Things that he's got to improve upon, if he can, or developmental or concerning areas. He doesn't have much speed. He doesn't have much separation quickness or yak ability. He's got to refine his route running a little bit and his blocking techniques. Doesn't show a lot of agility in the open field. But know who he is, know who he's not. He's a complementary to starting tight end, capable of being a complete tight end, contributing as a receiver and a blocker. He fits the profile. You can line him up in line. You can line him up detached. You can even use him a little bit in motion. He's not going to be a guy who lines up in the slot or as an outside wide receiver. I think he's a late day two, early day three. So right now, I kind of put him in that round three, round four grade. Intrigued by him. Thought he was going to come out, staying another year. Let's see, let's see what it does to his draft stock. Next up, Jeremy Ruckert. A lot of Jeremy Ruckert is based on potential and upside. Out of Ohio State. Was a big-time recruit a couple years ago. He's a senior now, 6'5", 250 pounds. He only had 13 catches last year, 151 yards, but five touchdowns. Very good size and frame at 6'5", 250. Shows great length and catch radius. Shows the ability to high point the ball and win contested catches. I would say his speed, his movement skills, and athleticism are good. I would say separation quickness is probably average to above average. But he shows the ability to attack the seam. He's got good body control and hands. Shows the ability to adjust the passes away from his body and the ability to high point the football. Some things I'd like to see him improve upon. His production over his whole time at Ohio State has been limited. He's got to refine his route running. He's got to expand his route tree. He's got to show that he can be better in pass blocking and refine his overall blocking techniques. I think his play strength, toughness, and physicality are about average. I think his run blocking is about average. I think his effort as a blocker is about average. But he's got to refine those blocking techniques. He's got to be able to hold up a little bit better in terms of pass blocking. When I watch him, to me, he's a complementary tight end with the upside to develop into a starter if he continues to develop. We see a lot of guys going round three of NFL drafts tight ends. Some make it, some don't. A lot don't. We see him go there all the time. So I'm not going to say he's a clear-cut starter because I think he's a day two guy, but I think he's more of probably a you know round late day two. Late day two, early day three, kind of where I put Kolar before. So late day two, early day three, that round three, round four, kind of what I feel like him. Now, if he has a big year this year, we could see his stock rise to more of a round two type guy. Lock him in on day two. Okay. Next up, Austin Stogner out of Oklahoma. Not sure a lot of people are very familiar with him, especially in the, the draft Twitter community. He's a junior, 6'6", 262 pounds. Last year, he caught 26 receptions for 422 yards and three touchdowns. I was pleasantly surprised about him. He's got very good size and frame at 6'6", 262. 
He's got good athleticism, movement skills, and separation quickness. Sometimes you don't see that separation quickness at a tight end. Stogner has it. He's got good body control and catch radius that enables him to high point and adjust to the football. He's more advanced for for a college tight end than most in terms of his route running. He shows good understanding of route concepts, and he shows the ability to attack the seam. I'd say his blocking is probably about average. His yak ability, probably about average. Play strength, toughness, physicality, probably about average. But there wasn't a lot in his game that I didn't like. Yeah, I want to see more production, sure. Had a couple drops here or there and battled some injuries. He's a guy who I think, similar to Ruckert, is a complimentary pass-catching tight end. He's got the size to play in line, but he could also be used as an H-back in some offenses. I think you can line him up detached, motion, in line, and like I said, an H-back. I think he's a late day two, early day three prospect. Decent amount to like about his game. Next up, I would say after that, I, I, I kind of have the rest of the guys in one big tier. I don't really think there's a clear tier. These are guys who I think are day three worthy right now. I'll talk about who I think could leapfrog into that tier two, but I think these guys right here are, are day three guys. And right now it's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know, yeah, some of them I might consider more round four, round five, others, you know, round six, round seven. But I think these, these are all day three guys. I'd probably say the guys that I think have a shot to go early to mid day three. Grant, Cal- Grant Calcaterra is my six-rated tight end out of SMU. We haven't seen him in a while. Retired from Oklahoma about two years ago due to injuries, but he's back. I'm excited to see where he is. Is he the player that we saw a couple years ago? Because that was a guy who I thought was on trajectory to be around one tight end pick. At number seven was Cade Auden out of Washington. Number eight was Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Number nine is Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Number 10 is Brant Keat out of Utah. Number 11 is Trey McBride out of Colorado State. Number 12 is Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Those are the guys I'd probably say are in that round four to round six range for me right now. So let's talk about some of these guys. Let's talk about Grand Calcaterra. Like I said, last we've seen Grand Calcaterra, he was at Oklahoma. Retired from football in 2019, didn't play in 2020. In 2018, he caught 26 passes, just under 400 yards for six touchdowns. So now this projection and what we saw is years ago. We don't know if he still has these traits. So this is a profile and a scouting report based on what we saw in 2018. No idea if it's going to have to be completely updated and modified. But let's talk about what he was in 2018. He was the guy that had average size and frame but he had very good athleticism, speed, quickness, and movement skills. He was able to create easy separation in his route running, and he was able to create mismatches all over the field. He displays good length combined with very good body control and ball skills. He routinely showed the ability to adjust to passes when needed outside of his frame. He also showed the ability to attack the seam and get vertical. But he was also a weapon after the catch picking up yak 
in the short to intermediate range. So there's a lot to like about his game. He's got good hands too. I want to see his route tree expand a little bit. I'd say it's probably about average. Maybe add a little bit to the frame. About average. Areas that back in 2018 that I thought he had to continue to work on. His blocking skills. Add a little bit more play strength. Show the ability to hold the point of attack, at least in space. What did two years offer retirement do? The injury concerns. Are they gone? Those are legitimate questions. So... It's going to be interesting to kind of see he's not playing with Oklahoma. I mean, he's he's back with SMU. So what? How does that has that pan out now? I don't know. I originally thought he was a complimentary tight end in exclusively a pass catching role with starter upside. Detach, move tight end, slot. Thought there were a lot of similarities between Mark Andrews and Grant Calcaterra. I thought he was on his way of being a day two pick like Mark Andrews. We'll see what he looks like when he returns. Next up, Cade Auden out of Washington. Okay, Auden's an interesting player. Generated a little bit of attention last year. When I watch him play, the senior out of Washington, 6'5", 241, 18 catches, 258 yards, and three touchdowns. Got very good size. But just an average frame. I'd like to see him add a little bit more to that frame. He's got good athleticism, movement skills, and separation quickness. Good to very good body control and catch radius with the ability to high point and adjust to the football. Auden's got very good hands. He's an above average to good route runner and understanding of route concepts. Things I think he's about average. I think he's an average in terms of speed. I think his route tree is about average. It could be expanded. The ability to be create yards after the catch. Effort as a blocker. Blocking in space. I would say those are functional traits of Kate Auden. But at 6'5", 241, he looks thin. He looks thin. And we see that in terms of his play strength, his holding the point of attack, his power. He's got to improve all of those areas. Add 10 pounds. I think the frame in terms of number is fine, but I think he's got to add that. I think he's got to he's got to get up to 250 to 255. That's where he's got to be in terms of his frame. And with that would probably improve the play strength, the power, the holding the point of attack. He's got to refine his blocking techniques. And his production's been limited and consistent at times at Washington. To me, he's adept to complementary pass catching tight end. You can line them up in a lot of spots. Inline, slot, detached, outside wide receiver. I think inline, though, has got some work. NFL teams aren't going to put him in line much if he doesn't add to his frame, add to his play strength, blocking ability, power, and stuff like that. They're just not going to do it. And then he's got good athleticism, but it's not game-breaking. So he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. You want him to improve his play strength and his frame, so he could play more in line at six foot five, and he could be that dual guy, an inline guy with good athleticism. We want it. A guy who's a little bit who's got to improve the play strength in the frame. Then we want very good to great athleticism. He's not there. So I think he's clearly a date for retype talent right now. Next up, 
Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Another intriguing player. Excited to see more from him this year. The junior out of Cincinnati, 6'6", 240 pounds. Very similar frame to Kate Odden, right? Who was 6'5", 241. Last year, he had 28 receptions, 353 yards, and six touchdowns. He's got, got great size at 6'6". Needs to add to the frame now. At 6'6", he looks thin. But he's got good overall athleticism and movement skills. Shows average to above average long speed. Separation, quickness, and route running ability. He's got good body control. Shows the ability to high point the football and adjust to it. He's got very good to great length and catch radius with good hands to catch the ball away from his body. I would say areas that are average or functional, his route tree, his route running, his long speed, his separation quickness. Similar to Auden, very comparable players. What has he got to improve? He's got to add to his frame. He's got to improve his blocking. He's got to refine his blocking techniques. He's got to improve his play strength power and the ability to hold the point of attack. Right now, he's a complimentary pass-catching tight end. No more. But he's got some upside. Detached or motion right now. Until he adds to that frame, it'd be hard to not, it'd be hard to see him holding up in line. So he's another guy, Dave Vare, but I'm intrigued by him. Next up, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Really, really intriguing player. Isaiah Likely. Senior, six foot four, 240 pounds. Last year, 30 catches, 601 yards, and five touchdowns. He's built like a wide receiver. So that's a concern. The level of competition is clearly a concern. The ability to hold the point of attack, his power, his ability to block in line, all question marks. Some inconsistent hands. Those are things that I'm concerned about. But what do I like about this guy? Built like a wide receiver. Undersized for a tight end. Good athleticism, movement skills, speed, yak ability, agility, and separation quickness. This is a guy who shows his athleticism and speed in his routes and after the catch. This is a guy who shows the ability to make people miss as a tight end, and show his agility in the open field. This is a guy who shows good separation quickness. Above average to good route running ability. Shows body control with the ability to adjust to the football and high point it. To me, he's a versatile piece. You want to line him up in motion? He can do it. You want to put him in the slot? He can do it. You want to line him up outside as a big wide receiver? He can do that as well. But can he make the jump from lower level school? To me, he's a depth complementary pass catching tight end. Whether it's motion, slot, H-back, or outside as a wide receiver, all options that you can do with Isaiah Likely. And number 10, Brand Keith out of Utah. Thought he was going to come out last year. I'll say right off the bat, you watched Kylan Granson play last year. You watched film of Kylan Granson. You watched film of Brand Keith. Very similar players. Now, I know the 2020 stats did not live up to 2019 stats. 
But Keith is a senior out of Utah, 6'2", 237. In 2020, he only had 25 catches for 236 yards. In 2019, he turned 34 catches into 602 yards and six touchdowns. Yes, he's undersized at 6'2", 237, but I think he's got very good athleticism, movement skills, speed, separation quickness, agility, and yak ability. You see it in his routes and the open field. A good body control and ball skills. Shows the ability to extend. He's got average hands, but he's versatile to be used all over the formation. You can use him as a move tight end, in the slot, as a receiver, or even on manufactured touches like jet sweeps and the rounds and screens. Pass catching tight end. Yeah, you're concerned about the size, so am I. Concerned about the frame, so am I. He's not going to block. Not going to be asking him to hold the point of attack. Not a guy who's going to play with much power. Just not who he is. There's some toughness and physicality to his game. His route running's average. So there's a lot to like about his game. I want to, I expect the production to, to look more like 2019 this year than 2020. Next, 11, Trey McBride out of Colorado State. McBride's an interesting guy. Some people like him more than me, but the senior out of Colorado State, he's 6'4", 254. Last year, he caught 22 catches for 330 yards and four touchdowns. He's not going to be a guy that does much in the open field. Agility and elusiveness are just not there. His route running and understanding the route concepts right now, not there. But what can he do? He's got good size and frame. Very good play strength, power, toughness, contact balance, and physicality. He uses that ability to absorb contact, that physicality, that play strength and power. He uses it to create space in his routes and at the catch point to win contested catches consistently. He uses that physicality and play strength to break tackles and pick up yards after the catch. He's got good hands. He's got good blocking skills. His athleticism and movement skills are just average. His separation quickness, average. His pass blocking, average. Really good run blocker, though. I think he's a solid depth to complementary tight end who could develop into a reliable number two tight end. Tyler Conklin like. In line or detached. Vapory. Number 12 on my list is Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Some people are way higher than him. They've been high on him for years. I never really saw it. Still don't see a guy who moves the needle a lot for me. Some people might have him in their top five. I don't see it. He's a redshirt senior now. 6'5", 244. So when I watch him play, he doesn't add much in terms of his blocking or holding the point of attack. Not a a guy who's going to be a power player. He's redshirt senior, so age is not on his side. He's got good size. Average frame. He could add more to that frame. Similar to what I said about K. Dodden a couple minutes ago. Ferguson's best trait 
clearly, is he's a good route runner with understanding of route concept, knows how to create space at the catch point. That's his best attribute. He's a good route runner, good footwork. He's got good length, ball skills, and ability to extend and high point at the catch point to win contested catches. He's got good hands. His athleticism is average. His movement skills, speed, yak ability, and separation quickness are all average. And that's where I struggle with him. He's not some athletic freak. He's not overly fast or overly quick. He's not a great blocker. So he's a guy who is a pass-catching tight end only, basically. But he doesn't have these high-end athletic traits. He doesn't have this high-end production. So to me, he's a complimentary pass-catching tight end. Maybe he's a number two. I think he lines up as detached, a move tight end, maybe in the slot a little bit, H-back. Not a guy that I think can line up much in line. I don't see that unless he changes his, his body structure and his frame a lot. But some people like him. Some people like him more than me. To me, he's, he's a round four, round five, round six type guy. That's where I'd put him on day three right now. And the last two guys, kind of make up the last tier, is Will Mallory out of Miami and Peyton Hendershot out of Indiana. Mallory probably could have won in the previous tier, uh, but if I'm going to break it up, I'll, I'll, I'll put these two at the bottom here. I think those guys are late-round guys, so we're talking – Round six, round seven, Hendershot might not even get drafted, do some off-the-field stuff. But let's talk about Will Mallory first. Mallory is out of Miami. Six foot five, 248-pound senior. Last year, he caught 22 catches for 329 yards and four touchdowns. He's got very good size, average frame. Couple of guys like that, right? We've talked about K. Dodden. We've talked about Josh Wiley. We've talked about Jake Ferguson. Really good size, but average frame. They would do better to add some to their body. Mallory should be 6'5, 255 when he goes to the combine next year. He's got above average athleticism, movement skills, and speed with the ability to attack the seam. He's got good to very good body control, catch radius, and ball skills. Shows the ability to adjust and high point the football. I think his athleticism is average to above average, like I said. Same thing with movement skills, speed. His route running, same thing. Average, route tree, average, jack ability, agility, average. Got some drops he's got to clean up. Got to add to his play strength power and show the ability to block and hold the point of attack. So very similar to some other guys. But there's been other guys I've talked about tonight that have better receiving upside. Wiley. K. Dodd and, and even Ferguson. And that's why they're all higher in the rankings than me. They're, they're built similarly, but those guys have more production and more receiving upside than Mallory. So that's why Mallory, I think, is adept to complementary pass catching tight end. Detached or H back, I think, are his best roles right now. I don't think he's a guy who can hold up in line at the moment. To me, he's probably a late day parade type player right now. We'll see if that changes. And last but not least, in terms of full scouting reports, at 14 is Peyton Hendershot. I kept him in it because I, had, I, I wrote him up last year, and I was intrigued by him last year. He's a redshirt junior. Now, last year he struggled. 23 catches, 151 yards, and four touchdowns. But if you rewind a year ago, and we're talking 2019 stats, 52 catches, 622 yards, and four touchdowns. 
So Hendershot at 6'4", 254, has good size and frame. He uses his play strength, physicality, and toughness to create space in his routes and at the catch point. I'd say his ball skills are probably average. He's got good hands and catch radius to win contested catches. To me, he's versatile to play multiple positions. He can line up in line. He's got the size to do it. He can be detached or he can be an H-back. He's got average athleticism, separation, quickness, and movement skills. His blocking, I would say, is about average. His route running, average. Play strength, physicality, toughness, average. Developmental areas of concerns. Talked about that off the field stuff. That could hurt him. His blocking technique's got to be improved. And inconsistent production, right? We started at 52 catches two years ago, down to 23 last year. Obviously a weird year with COVID, games played, stuff like that. To me, he's a depth tight end. He's a late day three or UDFA type with some of the question marks that surround him. But if he bounces back and has a big year, similar to 2019, we could see everything start to shift back to where it was a year ago. Because a year ago, I thought he was more of a round four, round five guy. But then this last year really hurt him, took a step back. So he's a little bit down the board. So there it is, guys. My 14 scouting reports, 14 tight ends already in the books. By the time next NFL draft rolls around, my guess is I have 20 names almost in that. There's always guys that get invited to the Senior Bowl that I want to get eyes on that I haven't. So this will rise up. Tight end is not a position, right? We see like 12 to 15 tight ends go, and some of them are just pure blocking guys that we don't usually cover here. So most of the guys that get drafted, we have covered here, except if they're the true traditional just blocking tight ends. But the watch list is intriguing. I have a handful of names on the watch list. Greg Dulch at a UCLA. Braden Galloway at a Clemson. Here's the one name. Star this name and, and be prepared for this guy to make a big leap and be a guy who's on my watch list right now who can jump into the top six or eight. And that's Sam Laporta out of Iowa. We've seen Iowa make good tight ends, right? Great tight ends. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant. Sam Laporta could be the next. Just not a lot of film, raw. I'm taking a little bit of a slow approach and wait and see, but Laporte is interesting to me. James Mitchell out of Virginia Tech. Isaac Rex at a BYU, Cole Turner at Nevada. The three names that I'm most intrigued with, Sam Laporte I already mentioned, Braden Galloway at a Clemson, I think can make a big jump this year, and Cole Turner out of Nevada. If I was going to add more full scouting reports, those would be the first three that I would add right now. I'm going to kind of wait to see how the year starts. I want to see how involved Galloway is in that Clemson offense. I want to see how involved Laporta is. But Laporta checks all the boxes in terms of size, athleticism. He's an intriguing guy. So look for him to make a name for himself this year and maybe catapult himself all the way up the tight end ranks into that 5 to 9, 5 to 10 range. Would not be surprised if Laporta makes his way there and Galloway would be the other guy could be in the mix. And Cole Turner could see him as a way, could see himself move himself into, you know, mid-day three to late-day three territory as well. So there it is, guys. Part three of our college football preview and taking a look ahead to the 2022 NFL Draft, we've now talked about the tight ends in this episode. Previous two episodes are quarterbacks and running backs. There's one more episode left, and that's the wide receiver position, where I am finishing up watching 26 wide receivers with a massive watch list as well. Next episode, I'll run through my rankings, my tiers, scouting reports on many of those guys. 
quick thoughts on the remaining guys, who from the watch list you should be keeping a close eye on, and what I think of the of the wide receiver position as a whole. If you are enjoying these podcasts where I share my rankings, share my tiers, share my scouting reports, you would enjoy the premium notebooks. The new set of premium notebooks is ready to launch. It will be ready and available uh, when you're listening to this. It is possible. Uh, it, is, it is a ready launch. If not, it could be within a few days from now. But it will be launched before the main kickoff of Hodge Football, that Labor Day weekend. I know it starts you know, this week coming up, but that Labor Day weekend uh, you know, would be before that. That's the real week where we really see some of the big teams kick off. It will be available before then. Remember, for $9.99, you will get three notebooks. You will get the 2022 scouting notebook, which I just talked about. We'll have all these profiles and scouting reports. Remember, it is not a stale document. I will add it to it. I will update it. I will add new players. I will update the guys already in it. I might do live changes and adjustments during the game on week one of the season, week eight of the season, week 11 of the season, and obviously lots of updates post uh, post draft, I mean, post season, pre draft season time when I get to go back and watch a lot of these guys and make adjustments to my scouting reports. You get that, you get the rankings notebook, it has all my different rankings. And then in April of next year, you get the draft projections notebook. You get all of them for $9.99. It is the best way to support the show. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.